entire game. Spins a web, any size, catches seeds, just like guys. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Hey, Chris, how you doing, man? It's all right. Uh, I definitely needed to talk to you today. Uh, we lost... Uh, one of the originals. One of the originals. That's probably the best way to say it, yeah. Yeah, Stan yeah. Lee has passed, and since Whoa. we talk about creatives, it just makes a great sense to maybe uh, sit shiver for Stanley Lieber. Um and probably share some stories that might, we might have of them. Uh, my story, one of my stories goes back uh, throughout my childhood, which I bet you was true for you as well. Yeah, I had one. I definitely had a childhood. I took two pictures uh, right off my shelf in my den. One is the spines of Origins of Marvel Comics. Mm. Son of Origins, Bring on the Bad Guys, Superhero Women. And Marvel's greatest superhero battles. Five collections that Stan Lee put out in the late mid to late seventies. I got one for Christmas. <laughs> you know? And it was so perfect, you know, it's a perfect image of Stan. You know, he was always a salesman. He was always uh, uh, about how to position things really well. And he just reprinted the origins. The origin stories from the old comics with uh, maybe a page or two introductions and they all sold like hotcakes and i couldn't wait every christmas to buy these oh god yeah Boy, to get the, them for christmas the the, the original repurpose artist <laughs> you know, oh, definitely. you know they talk about content and repurposing content stan was there 40 years more you know 40 years or 50 years ago and, then, uh -huh. you know, and, and Jack was visionary as well. Jack said, our stuff should be hardbound and in bookstores. And people laughed at him. Stan said, well, I'll go for a softbound and Christmas season. But, you know, God bless him. Think of all that he has created. The, perhaps, the number one creator of American myth. You know, that, that's, that's interesting. I mean, I... I can't say that only because, and, and only because, you know, I think somewhere in, in my family history there was an old lawyer. Uh, I've heard so many stories because I, I had some time to spend not only up at the Marvel offices when I was younger, but, you know, over the years of attending the cons and things. And so you know that some creations were totally out of his remarkable mind and some were collaborations and oh, things yeah. like that. I, you know, and, I, and it all works like that. It all works like that. So I would I just say that, no, you're right, though. He's, he's remarkable. Yeah, I'm not giving him 100% creator credit. What I'm saying is he was, I think it would be hard to argue that he was not the driving force oh, yeah. behind Marvel yeah. in the 60s and the 70s. And an innovator. I think he collaborated in creating all these American myths, but he also Stanley's soapbox and the bullpen. See, but this is the, the thing. This, what you're talking about right now, Chris, is one of the things that you and I have both said, not only to each other, but to our respective students and collaborate, collaborators and, and cohorts, is that there's the art of what we do and there's the business of what we do. And there's actually an art within the business. Oh, yeah. 
And and so you know Jack Kirby and 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 Steve Ditko and some of these other you know Johnny Romita some of these other greats from the Marvel you know universe you know, creative universe put these things out there with Stan but you know if if Stan hadn't been the PT Barnum of Marvel right. you know a lot of that stuff could have been lost and it could have gone the way of Gold Key and Charleston and and sure. so many others. I agree with you 100%. And, I mean, think of how hard he pushed uh, to get all these out and to catch on with the colleges and then go on college tours. Mm -hmm. And then he was out in the late 70s trying to push the properties onto television and movies. And it wasn't until these last 10 years that that effort came to fruition. Yeah, real Except fruition. Because the hat that he shows up in so many movies, it'd be sad to not see him there. Well, you know, you can look back on on those other efforts. I mean, you, you start with the, the Mary Marvel Marching Society, you know, the, the, the cartoon show with the sort of limited animation and the theme oh, yeah. songs, you know, Cross the Rainbow Bridge of Asgard for Thor and, you know, Tony Stark Captain America throws, throws his mighty shield. shield. Yes. Yep, you know, and the Submariner, and, you know, and all of those limited things, but they were on TV. And then slowly but surely, as the decades moved forward, you got different animated incarnations of these characters. You had the live-action Spider-Man show, you know, for, I don't know, one or two seasons, I don't remember. It was kind of campy along the lines of, you know, the Batman show in a lot of its ways. But again, you're right. He was getting this stuff out there into the multimedia world, the multimedia platform. And as I said, you know, I hadn't referred to him as a P.T. Barnum before this. But as I think about it more and more as I sit here, that's just what he was doing. He was just getting it out there. And he was the face of Marvel. You know, if you think about D.C., who would you say is the face of D.C. at that time? There, well, there's still, I mean, maybe you can argue Julie Schwartz, but he, they, you don't, you don't, God love him, God love him, and all respect to Julie, but can you, can you picture him? I can't. <laughs> I can't because I spent some time around him, but yes, I know what you're saying. He didn't, he didn't, the world, yeah, he didn't put his face out there as the face of the, right. the house My of D.C. who, you know, she's what, 12 now? Mm. Something like that. Maybe she's ten. I'm. I, I, boy, she's gonna kill me when she hears this. <laughs> um, but she knows Stanley. Yeah. You know, uh, her dad, who's a businessman, he knows Stanley. You know, my father knew Stanley. My mother. Oh man, I gotta tell you a story. So I'm in high school, and uh, I was on the um, the literary magazine, and the teacher who was supervising it decided he wanted to go in a different direction. He was going to do a theme magazine where we're going to do real journalism. And he was going to do a magazine, uh, an issue that was all about New York. Mm. I said, all right. And it's like September. He's telling us. This and, and you're a Bronx boy. So, folks, I want you to envision he is immersed in the, the upper north and western portion of New York City. He's in the Bronx. Yeah, but let's not get too excited about this tough guy from the Bronx. I was going to Cardinal Spellman wearing <laughs> double-knit plaid pants. So let's... <laughs> you weren't hanging so, with the leather jacket, huh? Okay. <laughs> so I'm, I'm about 15, and I call up Marvel Comics, and 
and I get a woman on the on the phone, and I, in my not yet cracked voice, you know, uh, I ask, can I set up an interview with Stan Lee? And I explain what we're doing for the high school. And she giggles. She says, honey, he's a little busy right now. Wasn't your deadline? And this was like September. And I said, March. And she <laughs> laughed her ass off and said, I think we can squeeze you in. <laughs> so she looked and she set the date up and she said, uh, you can call on this day and you can interview Stanley. And I, I couldn't believe it. And the date finally came and I dialed the number. Sure. In my, this, even then I had some Bronx cynicism. I said, sure. They were going to say he was too busy and all that. I called same woman answered. She said, Oh, Chris, we're looking forward to this oh, yeah. for Stan and Stanley got on the phone and interviewed, you know, I did like two, three, four questions. And he says, Oh, another call is coming. Give me your phone number. And I gave him a phone number. He said, I'll call you right back. Oh my and goodness. He hung up the phone and I'm freaking the, just freaking out. <laughs> and my mom being who she is, she stands near the phone. So the phone rings and I go to get it and she kind of high karate's me out of the way and picks up the phone and, oh, hi, Stan. And she starts telling about how much she loves the show, The Hulk. Oh, and she's going off like a mad woman and finally he gets her to put me on he goes god your mother is fantastic but it only left us time for one more question oh so i asked the one more question and the my teacher slash editor could not believe i got that interview and i just did it out of faith in stan lee because he was always so friendly on the pages of Marvel Comics. Approachable. And, and he was at, they were at their height, you know, of that 70s craze, and he still made time for a know-nothing 15-year-old. So he'll always have a soft spot, I'll always have a soft spot in my heart let me, for Stan Lake. Let me tell you that, just to back that up even more, because there's a, there are folks you don't know, Chris and I as well, but, you know, uh, there's, there's a few years between us. You know, I got here a little earlier than he did. And... Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm around the same age that he was just describing. I'm around 15, 16. No, actually, I'm about 16, 17 um, at the time that I finally met Stan, not at a Comic-Con, which in, in those days, the comic conventions were not at huge arenas. They were in hotels, usually a couple of ballrooms and an office or, or you know, some sort of conference area for, for maybe a, a interviews or panel, and that was about it. So my friend Don McGregor, he winds up getting a position working with Marvel as an editor. First, as a, you know, he was sending in letters, like, you know, and, and doing the fan page and everything, and they, they liked his writing. So eventually he winds up as a job, you know, uh, down here in New York. And I would occasionally go up to the office to, to see him, to say hello and all that. And Don was older than I am. So, again, he's in his 20s, and, and I'm like 16, 17. And I would sometimes be walking by Stan's office. Now, Stan's office, you have to imagine, the door is usually open, and then about maybe eight, nine feet from his door on either side, if you're approaching him, there are two desks, one on either side of you, 
and people would sit at the desk, you know, a secretary or whoever, and, and then you have to go past them to then go to the door to go into his office. Now, I'm not moving towards his office. I'm walking past it to head to the bullpen or wherever Don was at that particular time. And if Stan was coming out of the office, if he was stepping out of his office, oh, hi, hey, hi, how are you doing, fella? How are you doing? And it was like instantly... I'm thinking I'm you know I don't I don't work here he does I'm not doing anything for him I don't know him personally but he knew I was Don's friend right you're Don's friend right and he would kick into a conversation you know sometimes it was like a couple of minutes sometimes it was like 10 minutes I don't remember 90% of the things he said but I was blown away by the fact that he just stood there and talked to you yeah and beautiful. as the years went on you know, sometimes I wouldn't see him for five years, ten years, depending. Uh, they moved out to California, you know, so I'm here in New York. One time, I was probably in my 30s, right? So we're talking 15, 20 years go by. I'm out in California on business, and I'm thinking, you know, it's really unlikely, but I know Marv Wolfman and Lynn Wein are going to be in the Marvel offices. Maybe, maybe I could just swing by and say hi to Stan. You know, and I'm thinking, this is like totally out of left field so i swing by the office marv isn't there yet lynn isn't there yet this was coming in for a meeting so i said to the secretary i said you know um is it is it possible to talk to stan for just a moment just tell him alex simmons says hi if he's too busy it's a way he may not even remember me blah 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 she calls she says, oh yes yes send him right in i'm thinking he can't possibly remember me i walk wow. in and, you know, big, big office now, much bigger than in the days of the year, much bigger, tall windows, the whole bit. And there's this huge desk and there's Stan. Hey, how you doing, fellow? Right. He's talking to me. And I know somewhere, somewhere in, in this dialogue, this initial dialogue, he doesn't really know who I am. He knows he's supposed to know me from somewhere, but he doesn't really know. So I finally, at one point I said, Stan, I know it's been a long time since we've seen you. you know, I used to come in and me and say, oh, wait, you're, you're Don's friend. And that was it. <laughs> It's off and running. <laughs> and when Marv and, and Lynn came to see Stan, he was still talking to me. They came in, hey, Marv, Lynn, how you doing? We're talking, and Stan's just still going. I'm thinking, I got to get out because they're going to have a meeting with you. But that was, that was the man that I knew. And I know people have different experiences with him, people who work for him, people who work with him, all of that. But, you know, he's not one person. He's not one situation. He's an amalgam. Of oh, yeah. all the stories that people can tell, you know, and the man that I knew is much closer to the man that you're talking about. Right. Uh, literally, the last time I saw Stan, this is 2018, so probably 2015, 2015, or yeah, I think it was 2015, at the Javits for New York Comic Con, he was surrounded by people waiting to shake his hand. And to get autographs and whatever. And I just said, hey, Stan, how you doing? You know, I don't remember, you know, you know just because, again, I don't think I think at this point it had been maybe another 20 years since I'd seen him. And he I know he didn't recognize me. But by the same token, hey, how you doing, fella? What's going on? What's going on? And just talking and having a good time. I think that one of the reasons I would speculate that one of the reasons he lived to 95 is because he loved what he was doing. Oh, yeah. You know, I think that the joy of what he was doing, the energy of what he had done, of seeing. I mean, can you imagine? It's like Walt Disney seeing these little things that you helped create grow into these monolithic, iconic, you know, characters in your lifetime. That's that's got to be 
energizing in some way, shape, or form. Oh yeah, and I and last time I saw him, this is just the the way that the legend of Stanley is handed down. Uh, last time I saw him was at the Javits Center as well, and I had my two sons, who were maybe twelve, and two of their friends. So it was the you know the four guys with me, mm-hmm. and Stan was coming down again, surrounded by people, but coming down the escalator. And I said, hey, guys, look, Stan Lee. And the four of them looked up, and they found him immediately in that crowd. And all four of them lit up, and it was the highlight of their day. They mm-hmm. didn't go, they didn't get to shake his hand, they didn't get an autograph, anything like that. They just saw him with their own eyes, and that was enough. And that's part of the mystique of Stanley. You know, he's waving. He's how you doing. He's always got the smile. Yep, P.T. Barnum. Uh, <laughs> I want to, yeah, I want to give one last thing. Um, you know how you go from childhood to adulthood and some things get lost. Mm. Right? And there's a very few things that, you know, you, you let them go. You let them go. There's very few things that you think back to, I wish I still had that. That's another thing that he created. One time, I don't even really remember what I what I earned it for, but I won a no prize. A this what? This is such a perfect Stanley thing. If you found a mistake in one of the Marvel comics and wrote in, they would own up to it and send you a no prize, which was a printed empty envelope. There was no prize in it. They just had someone who would address it to you, and it said, "Congratulations." Um, I forget what uh, what what word he would say to everybody. Excelsior. Uh, well, he, he would call you something, but oh. congratulations, something you have. True believer. No prize, and then it would be Excelsior Stanley. And was it true was. believer? True believer. Yes. yes. Congratulations, true believer. You won a no prize, or you something like that, and. It was green on a white envelope, and it was addressed and nothing inside it at all. <laughs> and what a fond memory to to kind of, you know, tip the hat at Stan that he created something from nothing, you know, and it, uh, that I would still reach back and get that if I could. You know. I, I, but here's to him, right? Oh, here's absolutely. God bless him. I was just going to say that uh, once again, you 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 pointed out just to make the connection for the generation that only knows him from the Marvel movie type, you know, cameos and and the hype on that level. Um, respecting him as a businessman too, and again, you know, different stories. But I mean, look at that. We talked about his marketing skills. He created the face of Marvel, so that Marvel had a personality. It had an oh, yeah. entity that people could connect to. He then creates, you know, content, engaging content to the point of where not only was the, 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 the you could write in to tell them what you thought of those different stories and things, you know, the fan pages, which, you know, both DC, Marvel, and a couple of others had, but then to create something else that still maintained engagement without costing them anything other than a stamp. Yeah. You know, it's just like, I'll still stay in touch with you. You find a mistake in my my material, I'll send you an envelope that says thank you. <laughs> think of the simple genius of making 
a negative into a positive. Yep. Yep. Content and engagement. So, I mean, ultimately, you know, as I, as I think about him, I also think about some of the others that we've lost. Maybe, maybe they don't have the same star status that, that he had. Um, but I think of Johnny Ramita and I think of, uh, Erwin Hassan and I think of some of the other, you know, Rich Buckler, you know, there are a number of people who in my lifetime helped make comics, the amazing, amazing world of distraction or inspiration and imagination that it was and is, and helped set the foundation for the multi-billion dollar experience that the film industry is having right now with it. And I would, yeah, I, would I, add, I would add Jim Starlin. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we could, we could, you know what? We should do a list. We should just, you know, generate a list. I'll put it up. No, I'm seriously. I tell you too, if you, you want that list of the people we love, look at the list of people who won the ink pot because <laughs> that's, that's the list. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it to our audience. You know, guys, you know, I, I said this years ago at MOCA, the Museum of Comic and Cartoon Art, that we need to acknowledge the people we love and respect and who, who helped bring us forward while they're still with us. Because, you know, otherwise it's, it's nice for us to say, oh, I really loved her or him and they were great, and, but they don't hear it. So I would love it if, you know, if anybody in our audience hearing this, just in the comment section or in an email, however you want to do it, shoot me the names of any of the comic book artists, writers, editors, graphic designers that you know and love and respect their work. And we'll, we'll build that, that thank you list right here on Tell the Damn Story. We'll do it on our Facebook page, as a matter of fact. I've got about 10, 12, 20 of them in my mind already. 10, 12 to 20. <laughs> There's some numbers in between. Help fill yeah, those well, in, folks. Just keeps, I'm looking at it. just keeps jumping. And, jumping. and again, as, as Chris was saying, this, this sort of impromptu podcast uh, episode came together because today, uh, November 12th, uh, Stanley passed. And, and those of us who, who loved his work or loved the man, you know, will miss him, but appreciate everything he's left for us. Yeah, this is just meant as loving memories. Right. To uh, somebody who really knew how to... Tell the damn story. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Chris. Take care, everybody. Like I said, drop those names to us, and we're going to start to build that list to say thank you. Okay, folks, take care. Take care. Bye, Chris. Spider-Man!